for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. Uh, there are parts of the Bible that we like to read often. We like to go really deeply into. Uh, but there are also parts of the Bible that we kind of you know, skim through at best. Uh, for every passage that says, For God so loved the world, uh, there are also passages that make us a little bit uncomfortable. Passages about war, genocide, or about laws that seemingly don't have anything to do with me and you. Uh, so what should we do with these? Should we skip them? Should we ignore them? Of course, right? That'll make my life as a pastor so much easier. Uh, but of course not. Uh, all of Scripture is helpful for us, and all of Scripture is the Word of God. And Scripture reveals to us who God is. So through it, we see God uh, seeing Him at work in our lives. We see His truth come alive and just uh, very relevant in everything that we do. So as we go into today's section of the Bible called the Book of the Covenant, uh, let's humble ourselves today and open our hearts fully to the Word of God and allow it to speak to us. Uh, so join me in reading today's passage. Exodus chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. These are the laws you are to set before them. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he is to serve you for six years. But in the seventh year, he shall go free without paying anything. If he comes alone, he is to go free alone. But if he has a wife when he comes, she is to go with him. If his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters, the woman and her children shall belong to her master, and only the man shall go free. But if the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children, and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. Then he will be his servant for life. If a man sells his daughter as a servant, she is not to go free as male servants do. If she does not please the master who has selected her for himself, he must let her be redeemed. He has no right to sell her to foreigners because he has broken faith with her. If he selects her for his son, he must grant her the rights of a daughter. If he marries another woman, he must not deprive the first one of her food, clothing, and marital rights. If he does not provide her with these three things, she is to go free without any payment of money. This section in the book of Exodus is called the Book of the Covenant. Uh, they're break, uh, bas uh, basically practical expressions of the Ten Commandments uh, that are going to be applied to very specific cases. Uh, so in this happens, then we should be doing this. Or if this happens, then we should be doing that. And this opening section in this book uh, is all about servitude and slavery. You know, reading the Old Testament 
uh, through our modern world's perspective uh, can be confusing, difficult, and even problematic at times. And if Moses had instructions for slavery, uh, obviously it could be assumed that only, not only was slavery practiced, uh, but it was also condoned. You know, we can't, nor should we, try to explain this away. You know, C.S. Lewis, the famed author, uh, he used to condemn what he called chronological snobbery. It's the attitude that we people in the modern world have towards the past or the old. You know, because we are the latest generation, you know, we are more enlightened, smarter, advanced. Uh, so we look at the old with snobbery and disgust a little bit. And, you know, we fall victim to that often when we read scripture. You know, it's a very different system of slavery than the one we're used to in our American history. Our chattel slavery was based on uh, the color of your skin, your ethnicity, whatever you want to call it, your perceived value. Uh, but slavery during the old ancient times, the Israelite times, was different. It wasn't based on any of that, uh, but rather it was related to indebtedness, uh, how much you found yourself in debt, actually. And if you found yourself in debt, so much in debt, that there's no way for you to get out of it, uh, you could actually sell yourself as a slave. It was a different culture, different values, you know, different everything, actually. Uh, nevertheless, I think we could all agree that the notion of one person owning another person as property uh, is actually abhorrent and it's beyond terrible. Uh, but uh, throughout this scripture, we still need to see what God is trying to tell us. Uh, just because it's a different period, just because it's a different value system, uh, doesn't mean it's okay for us to ignore it. Uh, so what is this passage trying to tell us today? Uh, first, it tells us that there were rules for even slave owners and masters to follow. Uh, there were guidelines for even all of those things within those things. For example, we read today's passage, if a slave worked for six years, then on the seventh, he must be freed. Uh, now, this only applied to male slaves, according to this passage, and he could leave with what he brought. Uh, so if he were married before and had children before, then he could take them freely as well. Uh, but if he got married or had children during that time period of servitude, then only he would be freed. And if the slave still desired to stay even after the sixth year, then he could go through a very elaborate ceremony and then he could be tied to his master for the rest of his life. Uh, the second half of today's passage is about female slaves, uh, especially those who are, you know, uh, might be inclined to marry their masters. Uh, it's a very strange concept for us. The whole idea about, you know, selling people to get married, it sounds very terrible and probably was actually. Uh, but even within these laws and within this practice, uh, we do see some grace. We see God limiting the constraints of slavery and servitude. You know, he allows people to gain their free status once again, a second chance. You know, also written into this text is a call for masters to treat their servants or slaves with respect and without any abuse. You know, within this institution, there were constraints that God placed on them to protect those. You know, the law reflects the nature of God. You know, it does so in a very historical context. Uh, the book of covenant is God's law, but it reveals God's uh, to a people living in a very particular point in time uh, for whom he had a very particular and specific purpose. You know, one should not assume that these laws would apply to us today. Uh, so how, what is the best way for us to read this passage? I think always on uh, all passages, but especially during these passages, it's important for us to read uh, about the nature of God, uh, to focus on the nature of God. And that's the nature of God that we see in today's passage, that he is part 
of all of it. You know, he freed the Israelites from the Egyptians for a very specific reason. He tells us over and over again in Exodus to worship and serve him. That's why God freed the Israelites. He said, let my people go so they may serve me, so they may worship me. You know, we tend to isolate areas of our lives. You know, work is separate, home is separate, family, friends is separate. Uh, it makes it easier for us to deal with all of that that's going on. You know, I have my family here in this compartment. I have my workplace here. I have my church here. Uh, but God reminds us today that he should never be separated from every moment or every aspect of our lives. In order for us to live in community with him, we must be willing to accept and invite God in every crevice of our lives. You know, speaking on the theme of freedom and service, God delivered the Israelites from the Egypts. Yes, he provided freedom. But why? Once again, to serve him in the freedom that they had. In that same way, Christ went up on that cross. He died for us. He delivered us from the bondage of sin so we could be set free. Yes, but that freedom should never be apart from him. It's freedom because of Jesus, freedom in Jesus, freedom through Jesus, freedom with Jesus. In that freedom that he has provided for us by grace, you know, we need to have that heart that's always willing and desiring and seeking to obey him. You know, covenant laws, Christian ethics, modern Christian morals, whatever you want to call it, all of it should never be a checklist for us to follow, like a manual uh, that if we go through A to Z, then we could go to heaven. No, it's none of that. Uh, but it's a way for us to remember who provided all of this, that in Christ Jesus, that all things are possible. And in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> uh, because of the freedom that he has provided for us, we worship and serve him. And out of that, we do all of these good things. Uh, so as we go deeper into these passages, especially today, I pray that everyone here today is able to focus on the true nature of God. That even though these laws might not directly apply to us, it does reveal a relationship that God has with his covenant people, which in this case is us right now. So today, let us humble ourselves once again. Uh, never use this passage as a way to demean or justify potential slavery or servitude. No, not that. Uh, but instead, allow it to encourage us uh, in the freedom that Christ has given us to encourage a grateful and very obedient heart. Now, not only is God concerned with our relationship with him, uh, these laws reveal that we should always attempt to live in harmony and peace with our fellow brothers and sisters as well. That every member of our community is important to God, uh, whether we think they are low or high or we put a value on them. Uh, none of that is important. You know, the law was used to protect those who are most vulnerable in that community. So as we read today's passage, let's think, who is the most vulnerable in our community, in our life? Uh, you know, we don't have slaves like they did back in the day, uh, but there are still those who require attention, protection, and help. Uh, those people maybe that we have ignored willfully. You know, we have a responsibility that God is giving us to love and treat them with dignity, with respect and grace. Uh, just like our Father in heaven has provided for us. So with that, let's all pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much uh, for giving us your word. 
Uh, let us always, always, Lord, read your word with a humble heart and an obedient heart. And let it be able to convict us to true understanding and true transformation. Uh, Lord, we pray that in all that we do, that we're able to serve you and to obey you and worship you. And help us to remember that you're not apart from anything of our lives. Uh, you are uh, deeply ingrained in every aspect of all that we do, of all that we are. So help us today and every day to remember this truth and live by your spirit. Uh, Lord, we thank you and we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul Reaching a world that's stepping in closer See